I'm still caught up in the worship a little bit, so just... Um, but that's okay. I feel um, God really wants to minister to us today. When I was preparing, I just felt that God... In 2 Corinthians 5, it talks about us being ministers of reconciliation. Each one of us being ministers of reconciliation, which means that he, he wants to flow into us and flow through us to minister reconciliation to him. And that means that he wants to use us and use the words, use the worship, use your person sat next to you, use each one of us to, to minister the power of God, to bring reconciliation into our hearts, but into the physical world, into the emotional world, into the spiritual world. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Jesus, come. Let's just stay in this place for a minute. Just open hands. Show you're willing and open to receive more of the Lord. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Just as I was preparing, I was caught up in a a song. It's a song that one of my favourite nights in all of my life so far was in Sweden. Um, and no, it wasn't because the children weren't there. Um, <laughs> might have had something to do with it. But we were around a campfire, and Hastings took out his guitar. And who, who loves it when Hastings leads worship? I love it when you lead worship as well, Bryn. Don't get me wrong. I wish he was here today, don't you? No, I love it when Hastings leads <laughs> But Hastings, and he's actually over at Bodé's church today, leading worship for them. Um, Duncan's over at Hatfield, as you know. Um, I hope you know. God is making us ministers across the borough, ministers across, across North London and beyond. Anyway, I got lost, so. I was in, uh, we were in Sweden and we were around a campfire and Hastings just pulls out his guitar and he just, he just starts playing songs like Hastings does. And he just gets lost in worship. <laughs> and he just draws us each into to just this easy place of worship. But there's this one song that he, he was singing and it's just, it's by Jonathan Butler, I cannot sing, so please be patient with me. Jonathan Butler has a very good voice. But it's just really simple, and it's just falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus is the best thing that I have ever done. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you. 
Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you. Just say this. Just Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Falling in love with you, Jesus, was the best thing that I have ever done, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you, you've turned my eyes towards you. You've turned my heart towards you, Lord Jesus. It's the best thing that I've ever done, Lord Jesus, falling in love with you, Lord Jesus. And it carries on that in his arms I feel protected. In his arms I feel just in that place of safety. It's the best thing that I have ever done. Thank you for your faithfulness, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're faithful through generation to generation, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are good and kind and your mercy endures forever. Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you that your arm is outstretched towards us, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you, Lord Jesus, put your hand on our shoulder and tell us not to be fearful, but to have peace. Talking about the people who are going to get baptized, I met two yesterday, and just going through their testimonies, and they just both shared this, these moments, and I'm not going to ruin their testimonies, but of God's peace coming in the moments where you wouldn't expect peace to come. And being surrounded by people who are fearful, but being overwhelmed with the peace of the Father. Father, I thank you that you're the peace bringer. And I just speak peace now, Lord Jesus. We speak peace over each and every heart and mind in this place, Lord. We speak peace in this place, Lord Jesus. Let your peace reign supreme in our hearts, Lord. You are the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. And you promise peace, Lord Jesus, in all situations, Lord. And I just speak peace now into every heart and mind, Lord Jesus. Let your peace reign supreme in our hearts and minds, Lord. Fear be gone in the name of Jesus. Anxiety be gone in the name of Jesus. Peace come in the name of Jesus. Just receive that peace, welcome that peace in. I am the Prince of Peace, I have come to bring peace in your hearts. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I feel we're in a, a new time as Trinity. I feel that God wants us to step into new territory as Trinity. New that's the word that I've been living in for the last few weeks. I don't really like it when people say I'm in a new season. Because <laughs> I think people stand on the stage a lot and say, oh, the church is in a new place or going into a new place or there's a new wineskin or, or this new thing. But then I was thinking, actually, the, the skin uh, on our body renews constantly. Constantly. The skin all around us, the biggest organ of our body, constantly renews. The seasons do renew frequently. There's a new season, and you can say that at least four times a year in the UK, <laughs> and be accurate. 
But what I felt was God wants to take us into new territory. And I think that is in the physical. I think God wants to take us beyond what we're in now physically. And I believe God wants us to take us into new territory, territory spiritually. I think he's landing authority on us in a new and fresh way. The authority of the Father is going to be upon you in a new and fresh measure in this season. The authority of Jesus to cast out darkness. Let me tell you this story. There was a, I was talking to a friend of mine, and um, he's a friend who's got a bit of a history, a bit of a background, a bit of a, um, a violent past, some would say. Um, and so he's got some things on his DBS which don't allow him to go into schools. Uh, they're very historic, but they're, he, he came to Christ a long time ago, but, but they remain on his DBS. So you can imagine what they were if they're still on there. But anyway, he got to this school because he, he does fencing um, and he, um, he was meant to be doing a job, but they were like, oh, I don't have your details on the system. Have you got your DBS with him? Uh, and so he took his DBS out and he showed them and they were like, actually, uh, I'm not sure I can just allow you into the, the, the building because there's kids on site and, um, and you, you present some kind of, I'm making it sound worse than it is, it's violence. It, that's what it is, it's violence getting into fights in, in the 80s. Um, but, that's what it was. Um, but he, in that moment, for me, I think I would have been kind of like, oh, this is so annoying, I've got a job to do, and I've got something I, I need to get done, I need to achieve, I need to get that done, job done. The school person was like, okay, so you're gonna need a caretaker with you the whole time you're on site. You can come in, but you're gonna need a caretaker with you. And he was like, okay, Lord, Give me a window of opportunity with this caretaker if he's with me all day. To speak about you to this caretaker. Isn't that such a good reaction? In a moment where actually you have the disappointment of a kind of like, oh, this is so annoying. But actually, God did something beautiful in it. And he gave him this opportunity to hang out with this caretaker. And this caretaker spent the whole day with him. And he got to, um, he actually didn't get to witness, he said, because the person he was working with was so, being so annoying. Um, but then he realized that he hadn't done the whole job, so he went back later on and the caretaker came with him around the site again. And he just said, now's my opportunity. And he just shared about the love of God. And this caretaker said, you know what, I'm going through the worst depression. And no one's speaking to me about Jesus. No one has taken these opportunities. I've never had a contractor talk to me about Jesus before, talk to me in this way. But I have these moments where I'm, I just go dark and I just need to go to bed because I don't want to be around family. I don't want to be around friends. I don't want to be. And he said, you know what? Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus comes into situations when you invite him in. Do you want to invite him in? And the caretaker just said, yeah, I want to open the door and invite him in. So he invited him in. And he, the, the guy, my friend, was just like, do you know what? Every time you have a bit of darkness, just ask the Lord to shine his light in that darkness. 
<laughs> Come, Lord Jesus. Let me just pray. <laughs> Jesus, I want to pray for anyone in here now who has moments of darkness like that. Lord Jesus, you know our hearts. You know who we are. You know where we're sitting. You know us by name. You know every hair on our head. You formed us and you put us together and we trust you in it, Lord. And we just say, shine your light, Lord Jesus. Let your light shine, Lord Jesus. You are the light of the world, Lord Jesus. Let your light shine. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Jesus, let the darkness be gone. Let the darkness be gone in your mighty name, Lord Jesus. I pray that you would break the chains of depression. I pray that you would break the chains of isolation, Lord Jesus. Let your light shine, Lord Jesus. Let freedom reign in this place, Lord. Let your freedom reign in this place, Lord Jesus. Let your freedom reign in this place, Lord Jesus. In our hearts and minds, let freedom reign, Lord Jesus. Darkness be gone in your name. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Mm. Anyway, thank you, Lord. I wanted to, um, to speak on a Revelation 2 today. And in Revelation 2, it's a, a letter that is sent to the church in Ephesus at the beginning of Revelation 2. Who loves the book of Ephesians? Anyone out there? It's such a good book. <laughs> it's just the, the parts in it where Paul talks about the majesty and the mystery coming together. The majesty of God and the mystery of the gospel being made known to, to us, the Gentiles, the majority of us, the Gentiles, and the, the mystery being made known in this generation like it's never been made known before. The mystery of the goodness of Jesus and his gospel like never before. And this is what Alan Scott says about it. So Alan Scott is a, a wonderful writer, a man who is seeing the kingdom of God come, and he wrote this good book, Scattered Servants. But he says this about, about Ephesus, the, the city where Ephesians was written to. So he's written loads of stories beforehand. It's full of good stories of Jesus doing amazing things, which is always fun. But he says this, while these stories are wonderful, they pale in comparison to what happened in Ephesus. That city was a cultural epicenter that seemed impregnable to the gospel. Does anyone think that we live in a culture that is almost impregnable to the gospel? Like, it's almost impossible for London to come to know Jesus, right? Or even, you know, forget London, what about Barnet? <laughs> Almost impossible. What, what about your street? What, how far were you going? Your neighbours? Colleague. Colleague, yeah. It's impregnable. We have a culture that seems impregnable to the gospel. 
But when scattered servants showed up in Ephesus, the entire city became vulnerable to the nearness and goodness of God. That's beautiful, isn't it? When scattered servants, ministers of reconciliation, get sent out into the world, the goodness and the nearness of the goodness of God. And I'll read a bit from Acts 19 that he talks about as well. So it says, this went on for two years so that all Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. All of the Jews and Greeks who lived in the, heard the word of the Lord. That's Acts 19, incredible. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and the evil spirits left them. Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burnt them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to lots and lots and lots of money. It says 50,000 dra 50, drachmas, but that means lots of money. How many years of money is that, Tim? A lot. In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. And then Alan Scott goes on to say, the whole city was turned upside down through a community intentionally demonstrating the kingdom with compassion and authority. Although these events are unusual in recent times, they're intended to be indicative of what's available to every generation. More lords. So how do we live in that place of expectancy? Let's read this. This is the letter that was sent to uh, Ephesians, or that John in Revelation was asked to give to um, Ephesus. So Revelation 2 from verse 2. I know your works, your toil, your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil but have tested those who, are, who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you're enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do works, the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. Yet this you have. You hate the works of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So the one who conquers, I will grant eat and eat the tr tree of life, which is the paradise of God. So Ephesus was, the book of Ephesians written to this church in Ephesians was obviously a bit before this. <laughs> because actually the book is like almost celebrating what they're doing and celebrating like the, the way that they're 
in the culture and in the surroundings and um, it, describing the goodness of God breaking out in Ephesians in amazing ways. And then we have this letter. And this letter recognises that actually the church is doing some amazing things. It recognising the, the faithfulness of the church to orthodox teaching and good teaching. It recognises the fact that the, the church was like, no, I'm not going to let truth not be part of us. I'm not going to go away from the truth. We're going to keep the truth at the centre of it. They've endured patiently. They've bared up, bared up for his name's sake. And they have not grown weary. That's amazing, isn't it? In a society like ours, which is quite anti-gospel and uh, quite forcefully so, to not grow weary, <laughs> to not grow weary of sharing the gospel, to not grow weary of being orthodox, to not grow weary of, of submitting your life to Jesus, to not grow weary of living out the church life, to not grow weary of living a life of faithfulness to Jesus. That's incredible, no? I don't know about you, but this season for me is one of the most tired I've ever felt. And I, I don't know if it's out of the back of having COVID a few times. <laughs> I don't know if it's out of the back of going through two years of COVID. I don't know if it's out of the back of what, but I feel tired. And in that, I can grow weary of trying to live out a good Christian witness. Just to put it out there, that, that does happen. But they're being celebrated here for not growing weary, for not growing weary despite the surroundings. I think as we get called into new territory, and it's interesting when you read through Ephesians because it lands on spiritual warfare in Ephesians 6, we're going to come up against spiritual battles that we've not been used to or accustomed to. Because you step into new territory and you get warfare. You step into new kingdom. And I think we're seeing that in the church. I think we're seeing new battles that we're needing to fight and battle. At the beginning of the year, I felt God saying it's time to draw our swords. Chris is drawing his phone. Because I think with blessing, also comes spiritual warfare. When you're stepping out in the kingdom, you're also going to step out against the spiritual realities which are all around us. The kingdoms, the thrones, the things which have set themselves up as authority. Do you know that we're, we're kingdom people living in enemy territory? One John five nineteen tells us. It tells us that the, the devil has authority on the earth. It says it that directly. So we're the children of God in the kingdom of God living in an opposition territory. And we're going to come into conflict. And we're going to see the increase of joy. And we're going to see the increase of the kingdom. But we're going to come into conflict. And as we step into the new territory, there will be new conflict. Are you ready to fight? Brendan is, he's nodding. Brendan's smiling. 
Any other smiles yet? But I think one of the main keys to this battle is what John was told to write to the church in Ephesus. This one thing I have against you, you have lost your first love. And I was trying to think about this and you've abandoned your first love and you've abandoned your... We need to be careful to stay in a place of falling in love with Jesus. We need to be careful in warfare and in, in difficult times, in good times, in the things that we see, the successes, the activities that we do, the busyness that we have, the, the, the kingdom activities that go on. We need to be careful that we spend time loving Jesus, falling in love with Jesus more and more every day, falling in love with him. So how do you do that? That's a question, you don't have to answer me, but I'm asking you, answer it in your hearts, in your minds. Like, how do you, in the midst of busyness, in the midst of kingdom activity, in the midst of good things, in the midst of warfare, how do you love Jesus? And how do you make sure you fall in love with Jesus more and more each day? We all have agency, we all have choice in this. There's always choice in this. Do I, do I spend time with my Lord? Do I spend time with my Savior? Do I spend time with Jesus? Do I spend time with my first love? Or do I just be busy? I was, um, I was thinking about um, Revelation 1. This is, this is like, do you, have, um, do you have verses which just help you to worship Jesus? that help you to just fall more in love with Jesus. Revelation 1, I'm gonna read it to you because this just makes me fall more and more in love with Jesus. Didn't Tim do a really good job last week presenting the, the Lordship of Jesus, the Son of Man? Where's Revelation at the end, isn't it? And this is the vision that that John is given of, um, of Jesus right at the beginning of Revelation. So John turned to see he was, someone was speaking to him. So he was in the spirit and he turned around because he heard a voice speaking to him. And when I turned around to see who was speaking to me, I saw seven golden lampstands and standing in the middle of the lampstands was someone like the son of man. He was wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like flames of fire. His feet were polished bronze, refined in a furnace, and his voice thundered like mighty ocean waves. He held seven stars in his right hand, and two sharp swords came out of his mouth and his face was like the sun in all of its brilliance. Doesn't that just fill you with this amazing picture of Jesus? High and lifted up. He's defeated the grave and now he's this champion who, who is righteously raging war against unrighteousness. 
He has burning, fiery eyes. He has a voice that, that thunders. He wears white robes to show his purity, but dipped in blood to show that the blood has made the way. Isn't it glorious to think about Jesus ruling and reigning in all situations? This warrior who has a sword coming out of his mouth. He's glorious and majestic and awesome. Isn't he wonderful? Have you beheld the wonder of this imagery of the glory of Jesus? But that's not the place where I almost get lost in. The place I get almost lost in is what happens next, is that John falls down as if dead in front of Jesus because he's so in awe of this glorious King and Saviour and Lord. He's so in awe and he, and he just falls down as if dead, in fear. The fear and wonder when you get struck with the, the awesomeness of Jesus. But this is the most beautiful bit. Then the one who's like a son of man reaches out his hand and he puts it on the shoulder of John. And this is what he says. He says, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the one who hold the keys to death and Hades. Isn't that amazing? We have this glorious, amazing God who is incredible but so grace-filled and his arm stretches out towards us to lift us out of fear and to declare that he's ruling and reigning over all things from beginning to end. Doesn't that fill you with wonder and awe and worship as you picture this Jesus, as you know the truth of him? Man, this is one of those chapters which I go back to again and again just to worship Jesus just to fall more in love with Jesus, his arm outstretched towards me. His arm on my shoulder, drawing me close to him, lifting me out of fear. Come on, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You are so glorious, Jesus. Do you have chapters like that? That you can just go to and fall more in love with Jesus? There's loads of them, Philippians 2, Colossians 1. Just, just go to them, Hebrews 1, where it talks about the, him being the exact image of the radiance of God. And go back and listen over the series that we've just done. It's all about looking to who Jesus is, to lift our gaze, to help us to fall more in love with Jesus so that we bow the knee to him and worship him. John 15, isn't it, Maria? Remain in me and I will remain in you. He is the tree and we are the branches. Isn't that, we're so attached to Jesus. That's obviously where Maria goes to worship. He's attached us in, he's attached us into himself and as we drink, I was gonna go into the Beatitudes. That's my next part of the sermon. <laughs> Got another hour? <laughs> but I think the Beatitudes are really powerful at the moment. And this is the reason. 
I think they speak something of truth to us that we need to hear. Because I think our society puts all kinds of expectations and, and, and things upon us that put us at the center of everything. And what I did was I thought, what is the opposite of what the Beatitudes are? This is quite a shift, I'm sorry, but it makes sense in my head. So I hope it makes sense in yours. But I was just thinking through, like the, we have this definition of what abundant life is in our head and our society kind of impacts that and brings that in. And I was so struck by how opposite what society tells you what abundant life will look like to what Jesus says what a blessed, happy, abundant life will look like. The, the society that we live in promises that we will live in abundance now, that we'll have comfort, that it'll be uh, joyful, that, that, that we will suffer no loss or pain. That's, that's something of the, uh, the, the, we want to protect everyone so they don't have any pain or any suffering or any weaknesses. That the, the blessed happy are those who are powerful and forthright and opinionated and strong and, uh, and they're, they're loved by everyone around them and celebrated and lauded and lifted high. And, uh, and the opposite is what Jesus says. <laughs> brings a blessed, happy life. And I think this feeds into our foundational love of Jesus. Because I don't know about you, but when I'm lacking, sometimes I'm thinking, Jesus, do you love me? Sometimes when I'm fighting for something, I'm like, God, are you even here? Sometimes when I'm, when I'm like, don't have an opinion about something, I think, oh gosh, I'm meant to have an opinion about something. Oh gosh, I'm meant to know the answer to that one. When I don't feel strong and powerful, like I can take over the world, I feel like God has abandoned me. But in Jesus' words, he says this, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are, are the meek, the gentle. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the, the pure in heart. Blessed are those who seek peace and are peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Blessed are those who, revile, who are, when reviled and persecuted by others, it's for not giving in to untruth. Blessed are you, my friends. Jesus' way of talking in is so different to the, the voice the loud voice of our surrounding culture. And we need to rest in these places of blessed are those who are gentle. Blessed are those who are peacemakers. Blessed are those when people don't like you. <laughs> because on the end of these are the promises of God. For they will inherit the earth. The, the promises of the culture when you start looking at these are the fact that actually you 
you will have success now. Everything is now. Everything is imminent. You will be the center of the world. You will be the center of everything. You, everything revolves around you. You are, you are safe. You're protected. You're guarded. You're provided for. You're, you have everything abundantly beyond what you have, beyond what you need. The promises and rewards of Jesus are eternal. They're eternal. They're eternal. There's eternal promises of God. The kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and all other things will be added in. We have to be people who are so secure in the love of Jesus. John 15 goes on to say that you did not choose me, but I chose you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. Are you secure enough in Jesus to, to go through suffering well? To go through warfare well? Are you prepared and secure enough in Jesus when other people don't like you or don't like what you have to say? Are you secure in Jesus so much so that when a war breaks out, you don't start thinking, oh, everything's going to pop now and the world's going to be blown up by an atomic bomb? Are you secure in the love of Jesus? I can tell you, falling in love with Jesus and making him the center of everything the center of everything is the best thing that you will ever do. Putting your trust and faith in him is the best thing that you will ever do. Keeping him at the center and loving him and spending time with him is the best thing that you will ever do. Seeking his kingdom first and hungering and searching for justice and righteousness is the best thing that you will ever do. Bringing peace into situations is the best things that you will ever do. Bringing his kingdom in. I'd love to just pray with us. Jesus, come in this place. Can I just get everyone to stand? <laughs> so at the beginning it said we are all ministers of reconciliation. I'd love it if you could just put your hand on your person beside you, on a shoulder. It's probably the most appropriate place. Oh, Bryn. Come and stand next to Shane. And just start praying now for the Holy Spirit to fill that person. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Holy Spirit, come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. 
Churma na 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 Churma na 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 Churma na 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 Churma na na Churma na 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 Churma na 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 Churma na 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 Churma na 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 Churma na 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 Churma na na Churma na 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 Churma na na Jesus come Jesus come Come in your power King Jesus Come, just, just start declaring the reign of Jesus over their lives, the reign of Jesus over their lives, the reign of Jesus, the Lordship of Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus, come, Lord. You rule and reign over all things, Jesus. You rule and reign over all things, Jesus. You rule and reign over all things, King Jesus. Start praying for the strength of the Lord to fill them. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord. Come, Lord Jesus. Start praying out any weariness and pray for strength. You will run and not grow weary. You will run and not grow weary. You will run and not grow weary. Come, Lord Jesus. Come. Come, Lord Jesus. Come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Come in your power, Lord. Come and pray freedom over that person next to you. Let your freedom come in, Lord Jesus. Let your freedom come in, Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit, come. <laughs> Jesus, I thank you that you give us the full armor of God. The full armor of God, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you give us a, a breastplate of righteousness, Lord Jesus. That you have made us righteous in your sight, Lord Jesus. That you have made us right standing, Lord Jesus. I thank you for the helmet of salvation, Lord Jesus. That you have saved us, Lord Jesus. You have saved us, Lord Jesus. What a glorious thing that is, Lord Jesus. You have brought salvation in, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, for the belt of truth, Lord Jesus, that wraps around our waist, Lord Jesus. And I pray for your truth, Lord Jesus, to set us free, Lord God, again and again, Lord God. More freedom, Lord Jesus, because the truth of your gospel, the truth of who you are, Lord Jesus, the truth of your good news, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you equip us with the sword of the Spirit, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God, for the shield of faith, Lord God. Thank you that you've put faith in us now, Lord Jesus. And we just speak faith over each and every person in here, Lord. Let faith arise, Lord Jesus. Let faith arise for the battles we're facing, Lord God. Let faith arise, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus, come. And Jesus, I thank you that you say that our feet are fitted Lord Jesus, with shoes, which are the gospel of good news, Lord Jesus. And Lord, we just pray now. We pray for North London, Lord Jesus. We pray for Barnet, Lord Jesus. We pray for our streets, Lord Jesus. We pray for our colleagues. We pray for our families. We pray for our friends, Lord Jesus. And we just speak the gospel of good news into their lives, Lord Jesus. The gospel of good news, Lord God. Let it draw near, Lord God. Let this place be 
be pregnant, Lord Jesus, with your gospel. Pregnant with your gospel, Lord Jesus. Let new life come out of this place more and more, King Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus, let faith arise for that, Lord. Let faith arise for that, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.